Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And today, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite reads of 2021. We're definitely going to leave out some of the, you know, the books that we've kind of already gushed about. Like, I mean, I could talk about Priory of the Orange Tree for two hours. I could talk about the Poppy War for three hours. It's Let's, uh, let's talk about something we haven't really mentioned on the podcast that we still love from last year. Even with those rules... It was very difficult to narrow it down to just a couple. Yeah, I have four. Yeah, me too. Oh, cool. That's perfect. I also have four. Well, kind of five. One of them is two series by the same author. Well, yeah, I've got two series. Whatever. You get it. Whatever. What's your first one? Um, the first one is the the Double or Nothing, which is um, the Joe Abercrombie books. The First Law and the Age of Madness. Except I read them is uh, the Age of Madness and then First Law. You read all six of them last year? I did, yeah. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I bet you're one of the rare people that read Age of Madness before the first law. I mean, it wasn't intentional, but I did like it. And maybe I'm just saying that because I did read it that way. But I really liked it because the, one of the characters in the Age of Madness is constantly like reminiscing about the old days, how it used to be like so cool and still like heroic. And the, the true heroes were back then, you know? And then one, you get to read about those heroes and you're like, oh, this situation was so hyped and now I'm here. And then two, it was kind of like a cool lesson in that, like, those people also had their struggles, you know, <laughs> they weren't just heroes. And isn't the world there, uh, Adua, being kind of like industrialized? Yep. There's a scene where a new piece of technology is invented that is very um, altering as far as the entire world is concerned, you know, and they don't really come. It's just a part of the book, but you're like, oh, that's going to be big because we went through that ourselves, our own nation, 100, 200 years ago. And there was a lot of similarities there. And a lot of it was experienced through the eyes of like a son and daughter of the who was the character that was big in the previous books, which was just kind of cool. And Glockta is like doing his thing, which is cool. That's really good to hear that he's in there because he was one of yeah. my favorite characters for sure. And he's like so broken and so like almost dead always. But he's the character that is lives the longest. You know, there's some poetic justice there. What was one of your favorites? Right, so I'm going to do just like what you did. I'm going to start off with a trilogy. Nice. <laughs> But I have to. I read the whole trilogy. The trilogy is called the Shades of Magic trilogy by V.E. Schwab. Tell me about him. So it's this really great mix of like an urban fantasy feel with high fantasy elements. You know, there's a fleshed out magic system and a really epic scope to the whole thing that develops as the books go on. So like that first book is kind of like closed, you know, it's just a few characters. And but then as they go, it gets a lot bigger in scope. Schwab has this like a really terrific sense of description without being too flowery or boring. You know, like she doesn't throw too many details at you. It's got this very sort of like Victorian gas lamp vibe to it. Or at least that's what I got. Like cobblestone streets and carriages and castles and courtyards and stuff. And I don't want to spoil anything, but there are some ships involved. <gasps> but it's like uh, like blood magic. Ooh. Yeah, really interesting. And I will say, like, I liked the first book the most. And I really enjoyed how the whole trilogy wrapped itself up. But I thought it probably could have just been a duology. Like, it probably could have just been two books. Uh, I don't, like, I don't really even remember much of what happened in the second book. But I do remember a lot of the third book. Hmm. Um, so it's like, I liked the first book the most. And then I liked the third book about as much as the first one. But I didn't really like the second one at all. So anybody listening, like, if... You do want to read Shades of Magic. Like personally, it takes a huge dive in the second book. Not really in like quality, but just as far as like it being interesting. The writing is top notch the whole time. 
But the characters are the strongest aspect. Absolutely. Really good relationships between them. And by the end of the third book, I, I wanted to keep reading about them for sure. That can make or break a whole book is the interchange between like the story can even be kind of lame if I like the characters and I like how they interact and they have relationship with each other. I read them all really quickly too, like in the course of like a few weeks, like all wow. three of them. Yeah, because the thick? writing, mm, they're like five or six hundred pages each. Yeah, okay. so they're pretty no solid. Book. She's just such a good writer. Like it's effortless. It really is. You said they're kind of urban fantasy. Are they set in? What's the setting? No, I guess like when I say urban fantasy, I guess I it's not really like um, I mean it is a whole different. It's so hard. It's hard to it's hard to explain. Like, is there anyone like on a moped? There's four Londons. Okay. Right. <laughs> like yeah, our I, Londons. Um, one of them is like our London is called Gray London, and then there's a Black London, a White London, and a Red London, and this person can slip between all four of them. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so that's why I I call it urban fantasy. I, it's very loose when I call it urban fantasy because it's like it's urban in the sense that they're in a London, like twenty five percent urban, <laughs> right? But I mean, I think that sometimes when people say urban fantasy, I think they think that it means like modern, like you're in like Chicago. That's like, what I thought. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I mean, personally, like I would consider urban fantasy to be a city. Okay. Right. But so you can have um, you can have urban fantasy with high fantasy elements where it is this alternate dimension. That's why the series is so cool, though, is because it's it melds a whole lot of that together. Obviously, I could be 100 percent wrong in my definitions, but I mean, this is, I'm, pr I'm like pretty certain it's about probably more right than mine. <laughs> like I, I just guess. imagine kids on like skateboards, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like the hot dog stands. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like urban. <laughs> Do you think that since the book, the first book was so small in scope and it was kind of that urban uh, enclosed system space that you liked it more and kind of developed, allowed you to develop a greater sense of intimacy with the story and the characters? Maybe. I mean, like, I, I definitely felt like the first book was like very focused. It was like a clear goal of what they needed to do. And then the second book, I mean, the second book in the trilogy, a lot of the time is always kind of the most boring one. Yeah. Um, with the exception of the Poppy War, actually, the second book in the Poppy War is my favorite. But, um, you know, second book in a trilogy, everybody's kind of settling down from the events of the first one. And then it's got to build up this whole other kind of like bigger story so that we can have a third book and stuff. Mm. So it was just one of those things where I was really happy to be in that world with those characters. But I knew just from the first couple hundred pages of that second book that it was going to take a long time to get to where we wanted to go. I'm sure that like on reading it again, maybe when I'm not like trying to finish it for the first time. I would be able to pick out like why a lot of those parts were necessary. But on the first reading, it just doesn't really feel like it. But it's still good. I mean, it's not uneventful or even really slow for that matter. It just it felt like kind of everybody was just drifting around getting stuff done that wasn't super consequential. Hmm. Which the the blow is softened when you like the characters. So I would totally. still recommend it, of course. Right. Like I can spend a lot of time with Harry. Hermione and Ron in class right. even though it's like not that interesting they're not fighting Voldemort but man that's like some of the best stuff oh it's another one of yours um second one for me would be The Keepers by David Douglish 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 I think it's Douglish isn't it Douglish is D-A-G-L-I-S oh is it Douglish oh no I'm wrong it's D-A-I D-A-I-G-L oh it's Douglish uh, I know that uh he has an, one series called Seraphim but I don't What's the one that what's the one that you read? 
it's called the keepers you know most main characters are very like human and high fantasy books just because we can relate to them and these were but there was a lot of other characters that were like this guy's got huge wings and like it was really good i really enjoyed it but it was different what would be like your elevator pitch for the series no i was right it's dalglish d-a-l i oh i saw that as an l or i saw that as an i from across the room i'm looking at it way over there Uh, yeah it's dalglish it is it's d-a-l that's what i said originally it's dalglish dalglish Oh, did I put the G before the L? I don't, I, did, huh? I don't think he's Irish. Jeff. I think I was. I, I think he's Irish, man. It's <laughs> David Douglas. You know him, up. right? You know him, right? Yeah, he's from Missouri. Wow. Yeah, he's not Irish. Well, I mean, of course, he could be from Ireland, like back in the day, you know? He went to Missouri Southern State University. He's an American. Could an American writer. Here. But why would he still have like, the accent? Well, he probably doesn't have an accent. <laughs> I just wanted to have an accent. All right, um, elevator pitch me. Okay, elevator pitch. So, a world that does not really believe in magic. Basically, your humdrum, old school world, you know, no technology, swords, chariots, that sort of thing. All of a sudden gets a wash in like a black liquid and magic comes back. Creatures that were just fabled tales told to scare the kids into being good all of a sudden start emerging again and some of them are not so friendly it's really good though and it's different because a lot of the party members that he kind of joins up with are not human because the book begins with he's him off in some backwoods and then some shit goes down that i won't say and then he's got to make basically make it his way back to the capital and uh the world is totally changed and and uh, i've really enjoyed it it was very good yeah, I see his books in the store all the time, and I never really pick them up. I, maybe there's another series by him. Maybe we could try out the Seraphim one together. Yeah, Seraphim is one of the three um, types of angel. What uh, What's next on your list? Um, I've got 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City by K.J. Parker. I've never even heard of that book. I talk to you about books so often. It's kind of, This is kind of rare that I hear a book from you that I've never heard of before. Yeah, K.J. Parker is a pen name for an author named Tom Holt. And I've definitely seen the name before, but I haven't read any books penned under it. But 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City is a really terrific book. And what I think may be called the Siege Trilogy, I'm not sure that that's the name of the trilogy. There's two more books I still haven't read, and I don't think that they have the same characters, but they are set in the same world, I believe. Hmm. This book is about an engineer who is tasked with defending a city against a siege. It's awesome. He's really irreverent and kind of slimy guy. Uh, the trope that you really like, like the scoundrel with a heart of gold. Yeah. Thing. Uh, and it goes into a lot of details about how an engineer would tackle a lot of the problems with defending a city in that situation. Interesting. Yeah, like the kinds of machines that they would build and the tactics behind using them. That sounds awesome. Right. So you've already got this really cool concept that it's an engineer that's in charge of making sure this city is okay through a siege. But his character is also, he he's not stoked about it. It's a really, really awesome book. And I don't even remember how I, I was just like in the store one day and the cover just looked really cool. And then I read the back and I immediately bought it because I love that trope too like the scoundrel with a heart of gold he kind of lands in this situation because everybody in charge either dies or just like escapes and so like by the time it gets to him he's just kind of like damn it now i have to deal with this 
you know so he's got a bunch of he's got like basically the whole city like reporting to him and he's kind of just like maybe we should just like let everybody die like i don't know i don't really want to deal with this it's like the reluctant leader like oh i don't want to is it funny yeah it is funny yeah it's an awesome book okay because i mean any book that names itself like the 16 ways to i, I first was like kind of had a terry pratchett sort of vibe in the title yeah there's a book by charles Yu that i've been meaning to read called how to live safely in a science fictional universe i've heard it's got kind of like that same vibe where it's like it's like kind of funny but it's like a serious situation what's another one for you um legends of the first empire by old michael sullivan oh that's like the age of war Age of yeah. Swords, Age of... I haven't it's read like, those. It's like the Age of Swords, Age of Magic, Age of... And each one kind of goes through, you know, it's like the Age of Myth, um, the Age of Swords, the Age of War. And each time there's like new technology that gets developed somewhere in the book. And so it's like, you know, the Age of Myth, they're like hunter-gatherers, basically. Then they start inventing things and they get exposed to some other... I won't, I won't say anything, actually. That'll get stuff away. Is that set in the same world as the Ryria Revelations? Wait, have I you not know. read? Have you not read Ryria? No. no. What are you Ry saying, Ryria? Ryria. I, I've argued with people on TikTok about how to pronounce that word. No, oh, I never. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's the first Michael Sullivan you've read? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, Chad. There's a whole other series by him that's amazing. Really? Oh, you know, Gami is the Age of Swords. The second one has a sailboat on it. So I was like, done. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes for Chad. I know, dude. I'm a sucker. That's a really cool concept, though. I was always wondering what the titles meant, right? Like the Age of Myth. Mm -hmm. Age of, I was like, is he talking about like entire whole like civilizations? Or I didn't know what he was trying to do. I didn't even bother to read the back covers, even yeah. though I love I love his other books. And it's not like hundreds of years go by between them or anything. Like most of them have the same characters in them. It's just they're progressing. They progress very rapidly. Got cool magic and stuff too. It's very good. Uh, give me another one. Another one that I really loved was The Fisherman by John Langan. It's not even just one of my favorite books from last year. It really is one of my favorite books I've ever read in my life. Really? And I know that that is really high praise. Yeah. It really is. It's like the nice old widower telling a story. Something about that. I don't know if it's because like I can see myself as an old man or I just have like good relationships with like my dad and my grandparents and stuff or like I don't I don't know. It's kind of slow. And not even just at first, like the whole thing is kind of slow, but it ends up being kind of like hard. So I, <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, this is one of my favorite books I've ever read. I, like, I got to return from the man. edge of my seat. <laughs> a slow, slow story about an old man. But um, it's about this old man who's his wife dies and he starts fishing and he's never really been a fisher before. But then he meets a guy he works with whose wife also dies. And this is all in the first few pages, right? And I'm, so him and this guy just start fishing together all the time. And then there's this spot that they want to go to that they want to fish at. But before they go, someone tells them a story about the spot that they want to fish at. And it is bonkers. A good, I think more than half of the book is a whole other story set like 100, 150 years ago about this, like, I don't want to give too much away. It's this person telling them that story? It's a whole other person telling both of them that story before they go fishing at this spot. So, right, it's like these two guys that want to go fishing at the spot. And then this other guy is just like, okay, but if you're going to go, you got to know about this stuff that happened over here. It goes down like this wild, like Lovecraftian. It's, it gets, it goes from zero to 150,000 in like this. What? It is so good. It is, it is one of the best books I've ever read. It's just, it's so, um, wow. it's like, so it kind of gives me the same vibe as reading H.P. Lovecraft. And I, I don't know if you've read H.P. Lovecraft before. A little bit. Um, 
So not only in its content, which it does share some stuff with Lovecraft, but it's the way it's written. It's drawn out and it's got at times like some dense language, but I think that it being so drawn out and having that dense language is kind of part of what makes HP Lovecraft and by extension, like this book, like kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love about HP Lovecraft is like, there's just like this creeping dread, the way that this person is talking, there's just something really off about it. There's always mm-hmm. just, there's just something that's just a little bit nudged in the wrong direction. Kind of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And that's just the vibe that this book gave me. And I was so creeped out, but also it is such a beautiful story about loss. Like when you lose somebody and they're really gone, the places that your mind goes and how you deal with it and how you cope with it. It's such a, an amazingly personal story. Like I felt like I was kind of like invading this guy's privacy a little bit at times. It's amazing. Yeah, That's a I mean, powerful writer that can pull that off. He's incredible. Let's hear another one of yours. This is your last one, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. And you're going to be stoked on this one because I think this is like your favorite series actually um is the robin hob uh, assassin's apprentice oh you read those for the first time this year i did yeah like 11 months ago it was like That's right at the awesome. beginning oh cool yeah i think i'm gonna hit like one how many series does she have out because i have that one and then i have life ship trader that are just staring at me from the shelf let's see if i can do this without googling it so i'm pretty okay. sure it's like it's farseer trilogy and then the live ship traders and then there's the tawny man and fits in the fool so I think those are all of the uh, Realm of the Elderlings books. Okay. And then I think there's the Rain Wild Chronicles, but I can't remember if that's Realm of the Elderlings or not. But it R-E-I-G-N? might be. R-E-I-G-N? Uh, Rain Wild, R-A-I-N. Rain, okay. Rain Wild Chronicles. Cool. Yeah, I've read, um, I read two of them, actually. I read the Assassin's Apprentice books and then the Fits of the Fool uh, books as well, because I liked her so much. Isn't Fits and the Fool, like, doesn't that wrap up the whole series? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you still need to read Tawny Man. Yeah, I didn't know there was one. Is that like in the middle? Did I yeah, like skip over? Kind of, through? yeah. Oh. It's like, it's like, I think it has, I think it is like Fitz's kid or something. Oh. Uh, I can't really remember. I, I think I read like half of that one. I left That's it in a hotel day. room. That's oh. what it was. Yeah, I was on tour and I left it in a hotel room. And then was that I was the so only poor. book that you had on you that you didn't, hadn't read at the time? No, I had like a, I think I was reading The Green Mile. Oh, okay. Time. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, oh, that sucks, but like I've got this. I almost have like a like a binky like anxiety thing about that. Like if I have if I'm traveling, I always take two books because if I lose one and I'm just in book list, it's like, what am I gonna do if I get bored? Dude, you should buy a Kindle. I know. I know. I love or a smartphone. A oh wait. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing about the Kindle is like, yeah, and I'm not trying to sell Kindles here, but like if you <laughs> what I like about it is um if you have the Kindle app on your phone. And you don't have your Kindle with you. If you take out your phone and go on the app, it it saves where you're at on your Kindle on the app on your phone. So you can just like whip it out and keep reading. Cross-platform. That's cool. Yeah, I got in trouble with my friends because we went to a movie a couple weeks ago. And I was standing in line for snacks and I was reading Children of Time on my phone. And then we like got into the theater and I was still reading it up like <laughs> right up until the movie started. <laughs> He's like, it was really nice hanging out with you, Evan, while you read the whole time. <laughs> I had my AirPods in too. I was like listening. Oh my to, god! I was like listening to space music. Do you not like this person? <laughs> no, I do. I mean, I was just like, I was, I was in a cool part of the book, and I knew that I know that there's a time before the movie starts where you talk to your friend. The lights oh, are no. still on. I know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, whatever. They'll get over. Well, it. 
Yeah, totally. Um, what was uh, your last one on the list? This is four, right? Yeah. Yeah, what's the last one? My last one's two books, but whatever. We've been breaking that rule all night. Uh, it's the Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo. Ooh, how'd you like that? They're so cool. This series was one of those things where Book Talk and Bookstagram and Booktube were just raving about it. And sometimes I see a lot of people enjoying something online. And I'm like, yeah, I'll get to that at some point, I guess. But there's this weird line that's crossed sometimes where everybody is talking about it. So I just, I, I have to pick it up. And I'm really glad I did. Both of the books are like this ensemble cast. The first book is like a heist novel. It gave me kind of like Locke Lamora vibes a okay. little, but it's, a, it's like a totally different setting. And the story isn't super similar either. I mean, there's similar aspects for it's sure. It's really like Locke Lamora, but it's not like any of these aspects. <laughs> but it's, well, the reason, the, one of the main reasons that it's like a lot like Locke Lamora to me is because there's a character named Kaz Brecker who's kind of got that same kind of like the leader, like, you know, he, he's he's very, very good at what he does, but he's like kind of complicated. You know, it's it's kind of that same. He's suave. Yeah. Smooth, yeah. Yeah. And he's really fascinating, but it's cool because what this duology did, which I really, really appreciated, is you kind of think that it's just going to hang on Kaz like the whole time. Like we're going to stick to this one really interesting character and then we're going to kind of have like these other ones that are kind of peripheral characters that are pretty good, but they're never as good as Kaz. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens here. She has a whole, she has like five more characters lined up right behind him that are just as good. And they all have their own POV chapters. So it really is like this super solid ensemble. That sounds really cool. And is it high fantasy? Yeah. Okay. It's set, it's set in the same universe as that trilogy called uh, Shadow and Bone. Oh, okay. Which we should definitely read on here because I still haven't read those. She's a really excellent writer. I also read uh, Ninth House by her. That one's about like, uh, secret societies at Yale University. What? Oh, that sounds great. It's an awesome book. And like, like I knew going into it that there was supposed to be a sequel, but I kind of broke my rule and read it because I had a, a couple of fans that were like really adamant that I read it. I'm really glad I did. But I could read her stuff all day. She's kind of like V.E. Schwab in that it's just like this really effortless, very beautiful imagery, awesome character relations. And you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the heist plot. It's never really done it for me. Hmm. Even though like one of my very favorite books is Lies of Locke Lamora, and like this is one of my favorite books now too, like Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. But I think the heist here was handled very, very well. Tons of action. I would really recommend it. At least uh, if you know if you've never read Lee Bardugo before, at least check out that first book. And I guarantee you you're gonna want to read Crooked Kingdom. And Crooked Kingdom becomes its own thing, you know, like it's like Six of Crows is a heist book, but then Crooked Kingdom's like this whole other thing. Okay. It's not, it's not like it's like another heist. I've had both of these books recommended to me, and I didn't expect it out of this episode to have grow my um, TBR so much here. I've written down like four books at least, and the cover is super cool on Six of Crows. Oh, excuse me. No, the Crooked Kingdom, because it has the, the raven, and then it's got the cutout of the castle at the bottom and the feathers. I like what she did with different gangs in a city. You know, like that's always been fascinating to me. You're going to like our next three, baby. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Like the seedy yeah. underbelly. Yeah. Yeah, that's Greenbone Saga. We're going to get yeah, to those dude. soon. We're going to sink our teeth into those. Dude, I like, I love heist stuff because it normally it has that kind of roguish devil with the heart of gold character in it, which is probably why I'm attracted to it so much. But I feel you in that I don't want to read it that often. It's like a pomegranate. Like I love pomegranates, but I very rarely go get one. They're a lot of work. 
Yeah, a lot of work. And they stain like forever. Like I love reading the George Clooney and Ocean's Eleven character. Yes. We love him. But like there's something about heists where like I feel like I have to put a lot of work into it. Does that make sense? Like I don't it's yeah. like it's like I know that at some point someone's going to get double crossed. Oh, one of these doors is probably going to trip something that's, you know, and then even like, you know that, do you watch Rick and Morty? Oh yeah. Did you watch the episode where they parodied heist movies? I've seen the first two seasons. Oh my God. There's like that Only. part, like they keep doing this thing where like, he, they got to get the crew together. Right. <laughs> and then, so like every time they go up to somebody, they're like, Hey, I need you for this job. It's like this, this, and this. And then the person's just, invariably it's just like you son of a bitch i'm in yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> i'll never work with you again and they end up hugging at the end you know after they have you this like chesty face off bitch. yeah like one of them's like at a racetrack or something and he's just like i think that's actually in oceans 11 <laughs> but like it's like at a racetrack and it's just like i thought i told you i never wanted to see you around yeah. here again after you killed my wife and he's like we got one last job to do. And it's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. You know? <laughs> We're stealing like the diamonds. <laughs> the beginning of every Fast and the Furious movie, too. Yeah. But it is really cool. I think the the the, the big draw to heists is like to pull off a heist, you kind of have to be like the underdog in a way. But the best of the underdogs. Yeah, you're stealing, you're stealing from someone who has like more than you. You know, they're part of like the bourgeois or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of cool to see like the underdogs like win one i think that's yeah we all like to see that i think that's going to wrap it up for us today that was a really awesome conversation i mean like i really wanted to talk about these books but couldn't find a like a really good way to like throw them in without doing a just a nice list of all the books that i really loved like i said at the beginning of the podcast there's so many more oh my gosh i mean like last year was a really good reading year for me and that i mean i read twilight (laughs) <laughs> I read all the Harry so, Potter books and all the Salvatore books. Oh, uh, yeah. I reread like 20 Farseer. books right there. <laughs> we we might have been reading Farseer at the same time because I read Without them in like, it? I may, I read them in like February of last year. Yeah. Yeah. I read them right about them as well. And I read all six of them um, or six of them, not all six, but six. That's really cool. Of the what, 12? Yeah. We were probably reading at the same time. We didn't even know it. Thank you, everybody, so much for being part of this conversation. You can totally send us an email with any recommendations you want. Get onto our Discord and continue the conversation there. The link to our Discord is in the description on this episode. And you can also join our Patreon if you would like. And the link to the Patreon is also in the description right under the link to the Discord. Very much appreciate your time today. And uh, I hope you have an excellent rest of your week. Thanks so much, everybody. Cheers. Bye, everybody. Bye.